People will ask, how's that work? It's just laws. So today we're going to look at this. We're going to talk about the supply house, four ways God provides. And there's going to be more. I mean, you know, God, he can provide different ways. But I want to look at four ways that he does provide. The Bible says in, in the Old Testament, they say it was written for our learning. Okay, that was the natural old. I mean, those, those guys, they walked it out. They, we have the book, so we can read it. It was written, guess what, for us, for our learning. We're kind of like the spiritual Israel. They were the natural Israel. We're the ones that, you know, they were writing this so that we would learn. God had them record it so we could learn. So God's going to deal with us. How many knows he doesn't change? Hebrews 13, 80 is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So he's going to deal with us in the same way. He provided for them. If he provided for them, he'll provide for you. If the laws worked for them, if electricity works across the street, and we have all of the knowledge of how to make it work now, will it work? Yes, it will. Every time I drop my Bible, I'm not going to drop it. But if I would drop this, what happens? Gravity. Gravity works by what laws do they work every time i could tell you i'm going to go up to the top of this building and i'm going to do the most beautiful swan dive you've ever seen it might look pretty till i hit the ground trust me it probably wouldn't look pretty whether i was you know but what i'm saying that law is going to work does it work you know people could say i don't believe in gravity does that make the law not work no if you do the right things it works. So if I can show you these, and, and as we proceed on with God, and we uncover some things, do you know people around you that don't know Jesus are going to go, how'd, that, how'd you hit that shot? Could I do that again if I knew what I did? If I knew what I did, and I, and I have the skill to do it, or could repeat it exactly, what would happen? I would do it again. We have, we have missed this, my friends. Our thinking has just been this. We have been trained in the world. Well, God just does what he wants. God does everything. It's just a game of chance. You know why people like the lottery? Because there's no work with it. It's just, it's, well, if I win, I didn't have to really do anything for it. I'll show you some of that in here. But we just need to understand God has better plans for you. He's got incredible things for you. And the people that don't know Jesus, they need to see you and go, I'm not sure about this Jesus guy, but I want to find more about him because I don't know how that's working. Do you know God's not in recession? Okay. Now, keep in mind, every way that we talk about today involves us putting our faith to work. It involves us putting our faith without works. The Bible says is, okay, so we've got to put our faith to work. He's going to release his kingdom and his laws, and we have to put our hands on them. And you've got to understand this. You've got to understand this particular law here. God has all power. Jesus said, I've got all power. When he went and, and went to the cross got, and crucified, dead and buried, rose again, all power was given unto him. Amen? That's what the word says. Okay, now listen to me. You have the authority. He has the power. In the beginning, God gave man, put man on the earth, and he gave him dominion over everything on the earth. Everything. And we'll, I, I'm not going through that today, but we will get through all of that. I'll give you all the scripture to back up everything I'm telling you today, but I'll continue to teach it. So man had authority, and then man gave it away. Who did he give it to? Give it to the enemy. And who got it back for us? Jesus. So we need to understand, that's why the enemy, in this realm, we have now the authority. And for God to work, now you've got to grab this. For God to work, he has all power. Can he do it? 
But you have to give him permission. You might say, that is not true. Really? I can prove it to you. We have the authority. He has the power. And he works through delegated authority. We're going to talk about that in just a couple minutes. But So you need to keep that in mind. We're going to use our authority. And ultimately, as we yield to God, he's got his hand involved in that because we've given him permission. All right? Are you ready? Okay, slap your neighbor. <laughs> Not really. Uh, too mad. <laughs> Here's the first way God will provide. He'll provide through the hand of man. God will use people to provide for you. Now, I want you to keep in mind our disclaimer. Sometimes what people do is we look to people for our provision. And we have what, I guess, Pastor Gary calls this, and I, I like the mindset of what he says, or at least I can see the picture. We have a mailbox mentality. We have that lotto mentality. Well, I'm just, I'm just believing, God, you're going to impress somebody to come by and put ten grand in my mailbox today. Could that happen? Sure it could. Likely? Probably not. Uh, you know, because we think somehow God's got a money tree and he's going to get a couple angels to be shaken at so it all falls down from heaven. Here's a clue. There's no money in heaven. Money's not up in heaven. He's got streets paved of gold. He's got walls made with jewels and all that. Money is not the currency in heaven. That's faith. And actually, really, it's not as much faith because it's all there. Money is the currency in the market, in the world. And we have to make sure that we don't love the love of money is the root of all evil, but not money. Money's a tool, but God wants to use money so that you can get the kingdom out and that you can walk blessed and people go, wow, how'd you do that? Well, here, let me help you. And we'd be able to help so many more people if we just understand how God wants to, wants to work. So God provides through the hand of man. Keep in mind, we got to give all this to God. Genesis 45, 7 and 8, God sent me before you. Now, this is Joseph talking to his brothers. Uh, a posterity for you in the earth to save your lives in the great deliverance. So now I was not with you who sent me here, but God, and he has made a father to Pharaoh, or made me a father to Pharaoh of all of his house, ruler throughout the land of Egypt. Now, see, Joseph is now the prime minister of, of Egypt. His brothers gave him a raw deal. You know the story. They beat him up, threw him in a pit, sold him into slavery, told his daddy was dead. Joseph went to prison, all that stuff, like 13 years later. Now, Joseph's, he's out, and he is now, he owns all the corn. You know, he's got all the chips. He's the Frito-Lay man. He's got everything in his factory, and he can help anybody he wants. And what he's telling him is that God bless me so I can provide for you. That's what he's telling him. Sometimes what we do in the body of Christ is we think we're, we're so good that we can't let somebody else help us. Or, we, or we, we already judged them. I don't think they could. Oh, I don't want what that, oh, I don't want them to help us. That is not our place. Our place is just to say, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to receive? Do you want me to give? What do you want me to do? I'm believing that God can just take care of my needs with whoever he wants or however he wants as I give him the authority to do that. Does that make sense? Okay. I'm not going to tell God. Here, God, here's my game plan. You better do it my way. If you don't do it my way, my name is not Frank Sinatra. Yes, yeah, so somebody wants to start singing. I'm not going to sing it, so don't worry. Because I'd go it alone. But what? No, I won't. <laughs> look, at, look at the people. Oh, dear Lord, no. We have authority. Stop him. <laughs> 
Yeah, I'm sorry. Luke 6.38 says this, Given it will be given unto you, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall men give into your bosom for the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. We talked about that, and that scripture was actually, with, with the uh, subject of that, was actually judgment. It can be used for giving. It can be used for money. It's always preached with money. And that's good. It'll work with money. That's fine. But we need to understand it works also with judgment. If you want to judge somebody, it's going to be judged back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. You might want to think about how you go about doing what you do and say, God, I just need to yield everything to you. I want, I want you to be my authority. The Bible says that God used ravens to feed Elijah. Ravens. Ravens, it's not natural for ravens to go, ravens gather food and eat it. They don't go give it to people. That's not something natural. But God changed the nature so it would take care of this prophet. So, you know, we're going to talk about ways that God gives. So, you know, God can do anything, obviously, but we give him the authority to do that. God will never let you depend on anybody forever, for a long time. Because you know what happens? If somebody is giving to you or somebody is helping you, We've raised four children, and they're, you know, Maddie's going to be 20. Wow. But, you know, we've had to teach them about money and how to do things. I mean, it's, it's kind of like after a certain point, you know, we have to say, okay, you, you have to do this. Or, you know, sometimes my kids in the earlier days would say, hey, there's nothing here to eat. There's no food in the house. And they had, they had jobs. I'm like, was Walmart closed? <laughs> We're just trying to teach him, here's, here's where the food's at. You can help. What are you doing? But if you depend on somebody all your life, you look at them as your source and not God. Because you're just depending on, I'm just looking for that, I'm just looking for that. God might use a person temporarily, but God is always your source. You always must put him first. I start believing, I've been saying this now, I, I say certain things every day, but this is one of those that I've added to my list. I have power with God and favor with man. I have the power that God gives me, but I have favor with man. God will bless me with the right connections. He'll connect me, he'll guide my path, he'll, he'll lighten where I go, he'll show me what to do, he'll bless me with those connections, he'll direct my steps. Here's our second point. So God can use people, and God can provide from his own hand. Has God ever just used his hand and supernaturally provided for you? We'll get to that in just a second. But isn't that amazing how he can do that? If, if he's sending ravens to feed you, I think he can take care of you. Seventy years being fed by Pharaoh, the people of Israel. He took care of Joseph and all of his people and the nation of Israel. But then that Pharaoh died and a new guy took over. And Joseph doesn't have connection with him. Have you ever been at a job and your boss leaves and a new boss comes in? There's a new sheriff in town. Hey, before we started this church... They would always, I, I pastored different churches, and they would say, here, here's a church, would you like to take this church, or go over here and take, and so I got to go in, and they've already had somebody before me that already cast a vision that they had, I'm not that person, and I got to go in, and I got to recast a vision that God tells me, I got to kind of break the other mold of the vision, unless it kind of goes with what, that's a, that's a tough road to hoe, because there's people that are back there going, mm-mm, no, I don't like the way he wears his hair. I don't think that's anointed. I don't know what kind of gel he uses, but I'm not liking it. God will provide from his own hand. This is what you got to understand. Man is not your source. 
there, there have been times in this church that God has put in people that have been very generous and they've been here for a season and then he moves them on and they move away or whatever. And you're like, oh, you got to be careful. You cannot look. See, and that's one thing that I love about something that we put in policy. I don't count the money. I don't look at any of that. I have people that do all that and take care of. It. I don't do any of that because I never want to look at people as source. I just look at God. And he's had to teach us that. You need to look at that too. And the cool thing about that is you might say, well, I work at a job and they pay you, right? He got you the job and they're paying you to tell people about him. Isn't that pretty cool? Well, I've never thought of it that way. Start thinking like that. God is your source. Jesus said this way, you can't do anything without me. I'm the vine, you're the branch. In other words, I need Jesus. I need him. For me to be able to be successful I need Jesus. I need him in everything that I do. I need to get on my knees and remind myself that man is not my source. God is my source. God might use men to give to you, but it ultimately comes from his hand to their hand to your hand. You need to understand that chain. How many remember, were you old enough to remember Hands Across America? Do you remember that? You know what the idea of that was? All across America, everybody's going to hold hands at this kind of the same time. How we're going to do that? We're all going to hold hands and link a chain all around the world. That sounds really good in theory. There are going to be people beside you that you're like, I am not holding your hand. I do not know where that hand has been. Anybody going to hold my hand? You know, there are going to be times you just have to understand God wants to just take care of you. And you're going to just have to let him. You're going to have to just say, God, I'm giving everything to you. I'm, I'm doing what you've asked me to do. Elijah had it made. He had birds feeding him twice a day. That's pretty cool, I guess. I don't know. River flowing for water, but the Bible says the brook dried up. Have you ever had your brook dry up? My father lives in Florida, and, and he's been behind our church since the beginning. And he would send us offering every month. And, and we got to where I just, and I'm just as guilty as I guess anybody would be. I, I got to where I just depended on that. Wow, it's about time for my dad's check to come. And his check could range anywhere from $500 or so to maybe up to 900 or or 1000 Sometimes eight, sometimes, you know, but that would be great because it could help with, you know, bills and payroll, rent or whatever we needed. And I'd be, oh, yeah. But then there was a day when I knew it was going to come. And he said, son, I, God doesn't want me to do that anymore. And I said, dad, I know. And I remember him crying on the phone. He said, I, I don't want you to think I don't believe in what you do. And I said, dad, I know that. He said, but God wants me to redirect my money over here. And I said, I understand. And I said, I knew it was coming. And I, it's okay because God is our source. You see, the brook was his system for Elijah, but God was his source. Your business is your system, but God is your source. In other words, wherever you work, God is saying, I'm putting you there. You might not like it, but if he wants to give you a new job, then let him tell you. But, you know, God will help you with that. But wherever you're at, he's your source. I have people come and say, Brett, I am the only Christian in my, in my workplace. Guess why? Nobody there is the light. You are the light. Shine. 
and start saying, you know what, they're going to pay me. I, I sold cars for a while. And they're using, you know, just on the side because the guy needed help. And he wanted me to help. And he kept after me. And I said, sure, I'll help you. Let me just say this. And I'll get to this in the next several weeks or whenever we start. How many know, you know the story of Potiphar? Everything, Joseph, you know, yes. And, and, and it was blessed. I started working. And, and so he, guess what? Car sales went up. Why? Because God was with me. Now, listen to me. All of this, you got to understand, you can be successful wherever you're at. Whether it's flinging garbage, whatever you're doing. Ask God, God, just bless me. Show me what you want me to do. And begin to let him tell you. And just watch, you're getting paid. Anyway, I said the story about the car thing because they called me in the office. You know why? People come here to buy cars, Brett. Quit trying to save every person that walks on the lot. said, I'm sorry, then I guess I'll, 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 I quit. <laughs> he said, no, I don't want you to quit because sales are up. He said, what I want you to do is just quit trying to lead everybody to God. He said, I can't do that. This is what he said. He said, will you do this? Can you just tell them about the car? And if they ask you about God, then you can just have a happy day and tell them whatever you want. I said, Okay. So I just worked it out so I could get them to say something and they'd ask me about God. And I get to tell them what I want. Anyway, God is your source. What your job is, is is the system. God spoke to the prophet. He said, go to the widow woman. I've commanded her. She's going to take care of you. She's down to her last meal. Now, she doesn't have any hope either. You You got friends that don't have any hope? I'm telling you, if you're in the sound of my voice, if you just hang with us, God is going to show you where you can not only have hope, but your friends will be like, what is going on? And you'll be able to just say, my source. He's my source. So this is what he says. He says, he tells her, he says, I need you to take care of the prophet. Now she has a choice. Turn to your neighbor and say, we have a choice. She can do one of two things. She can either, you know, she's down to her last meal. She can either sow it and do what she's told, or she can eat it. She sows it, and for the next three and a half years, she provides for her and her family. That's pretty huge. If she eats it, and what do we do in America? Half the time, we eat our seed. She, if she eats it now for three and a half years, she's in a famine. We need to understand, God's going to put choices. The Bible says, in front of you is life and death. Choose. Huh. I got some Joshua's I'm looking at. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I'm going to choose God. I'm going to do what God says. Bread, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't have to make any sense. As long as God said it, it's going to work out. Because man is not my source. God is my source. You might have two bucks left in your wallet. You might have your tank on W for walk. You might have nothing but, but West Virginia round steak at home to eat. That's bologna for those of you that don't know. And you're saying, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm telling you, my God shall supply all of you. You don't have to understand, but you got to get on board. Just like electricity works if you know the kingdom. If you understand its laws, it will work for whoever puts it together. Gravity works because that's how gravity works. You know, here's the thing. You take a, you take a plane that weighs tons. I don't know how many tons planes weigh, made of metal and stuff. Flying in the air, if that, you know, how many years ago was that developed? But before the people say, it's a miracle. It's not a miracle 
listen, it's just somebody figured out the law of lift. And they put it into practice so the plane flies. If we don't understand, we'll call things a miracle. That's just a miracle. It's the law of the kingdom. If you put it into practice, it works for anybody. It doesn't just work for pastors. It doesn't just work for prophets. It works for anybody that is a believer and follows the kingdom. The devil's going to try to convince you that giving doesn't matter, but you know it does. You know what he tries to do? He thinks he's smart, but he's not. When you get saved, now everybody in here, when you got saved, what is one of the first thoughts you thought after you got saved? Okay, that's good. I'm not going to hell. That's good. Because we don't want to go to hell. Zach, when he was growing up, he'd go, we don't like the devil. We don't like the devil. We don't go the devil way. No. We don't know, go to devil. But isn't it true, after you get saved, the enemy goes into your brain or tries. Now listen, God is omniscient. He knows your thoughts. The enemy cannot, he does not know your thoughts. He's, he's an angel. I'm just, I'm trying to help you here. He cannot read your thoughts. God can, but the enemy cannot. The enemy determines what you're thinking by what you do or say. So when he puts in your mind, he can put thoughts in your mind. You didn't get saved. You're still the same. You don't feel any different. Nothing happened. That's a bunch of hogwash. Anybody ever have thoughts like that? Can I tell you the reason you're having thoughts like that is because you did get saved. Something did change. That's not a bunch of hogwash. Because he never had to do that before because the other thing happened. Help me, somebody. you got to understand, this is one in your brain. As a, Bible, as a man thinks in his heart, that's how it is. We've been thinking wrong this whole time. We're just, we are begging God, God, you got to help me. My rent's due. God, you got, what if Jesus said, I've already paid for it. Why are you begging me? But our thought is, where's it at? If you paid for it, is it under the mattress? Where's it at? Can I tell you, Jesus knows exactly what to do, but he has to have your permission Oh, my. Provision comes from the hand of God. And sometimes we don't always recognize it. Sometimes he repositions you in transition. When your brook dries up, he's trying to get you somewhere else. You know how a mother eagle gets her eaglets out of the nest? She takes the padding out because it's real prickly and thorny. And those little eagles go, ooh, ooh. And they don't... (laughs) (laughs) they don't like that so then they get out of the nest and they that's how they learn to fly (laughs) now listen in exodus 16 14 and 15 it's going to tell you right here it says then this is where god gives them manna and and so you know this is food from heaven and this is all israel had to do this is what they had to do this is as hard as they had to they had to come out of their, their tents or whatever they were going to go out to the front yard. Yep. Breakfast is ready. That's all they had to do. But here's the thing. They couldn't take more than they needed. And they could only take according to their household. Or it would just rot and get full of worms and it was nasty. So it depended on how many lived in their household 
and they couldn't take more of their need. Now listen, God prospers you according to the size of your assignment. You need to hear that, according to the size of your assignment. That's why what I'm saying, that's one of the things we're going to try to offer all the time is stuff about finances because you have to pass the money test. Everybody wants, you know, God, I need, uh, you got to pass the money test. In other words, God, this isn't my money. This is your money. What do you want me to do with it? Put him first. That's what I want. You know, that's what he says. And begin to do that and you'll be amazed. We're already having testimonies flooding in where God has just done great things. Got him a raise. Got him a new job. They, you know, canceled bills. They just canceled bills. Columbia Gas canceled bills, right, Tad? Canceled it. Just gone. Thousand dollars or more. Gone. You know that's God of Columbia Gas is saying, I'm sorry, we can't find it. It's just gone. I mean, I almost think we're going to get you to someone else. How much was that? And they're writing it down. What's okay? How much a month? I'm just saying God has more for you than what you think. He's got more for you planned than what you even believe because our mindset is limited. The Bible says that his thoughts are higher than ours. Wouldn't you like to think what God's thinking? I'm telling you, if now listen, oh my goodness. God has got so many good things. How many have grew up in a church that had work days? How many found out at work days not many people worked? Because nobody, you know, the same crew shows up. I mean, it's just like the same half dozen people, and where are all the other people? They're going to be the ones that sit on the sidelines and try to coach the team from the stands. Well, I just don't like the music's too loud. They went too long. That preacher's long-winded. I don't like his hairdo. I told you. And they go through all of the stuff. And they got all the complaints. There's only few doing the work. We need a heart change. It's not just about us. It's about him. My goodness, every church we've been in, we've cleaned toilets, we've mowed grass, we've done what? You know what? We, we did it because it needed done. You realize, I got a job. I, I got a job as an associate pastor and youth pastor because, and some of you heard this story, on the way to my interview, walking up to the church, there was a wadded up piece of paper. I was the only one out of the applicants that picked the paper up, brought it in and threw it away, and I got the job. I didn't know this, but here's all the board members and the pastor looking out the window. Because all the other guys evidently went, hmm. But you see me, just something that's inside me, this is God's house. Whether I got this job or not, this isn't my, this is his house. There's paper there. That's trash. Pick it up. Hey to Goober. I mean, just pick it up. I picked it up, went in there, and man, I'm telling you what, I was already on, you know, woo. They were like, we like this guy. He picks up trash. Lucky I had some more stuff besides me, beside me than that, but. As vision grows, so does the need for vision. As this church is growing, as God is doing things, we need vision costs, maintenance costs. I mean, we're, and that's okay because God has that. If, he's, if he guides you, he provides. How many knows that? You know what we're planning on next week? I'm just telling you, God is doing so many great things. If I can have my way and what we're going to try to do, we're going to try to get that nursery done. The, the part that we divided the nursery again I'm going to try to get a rocker. We're going to paint the walls back there. I got to get another TV. I got to, you know, all these things that we got to go back there. We got to get a projector on the back wall so that everybody up here is, is good with everything. That's awesome. Vision grows. Everything grows. 
I've had people come up and go, Pastor, we're growing so fast. Where are we going to go? You want to see where we're going to go? You can meet me next Saturday and we'll follow each other and I'll show you where we're going to go. Honestly, we'll go to Pastor Gary's church on Saturday night. Five and 6.30, we'll go to the 6.30 service because I would rather have the time afterwards so you could walk around for a minute and see everything. You want to go? We'll caravan there. You can meet me at the parking lot. We'll pick a time. 4.30, quarter to five. You meet me here and we'll go. We'll follow each other down there. You want to see where we're going? I'll show you where we're going. You hear how quiet that is? You want to go someplace. Don't you want someplace with vision? You want to go where I'm telling you what? I'm sick. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck and, and trying to tell people about Jesus when I ain't got two nickels to rub together. Now, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not trying to speak prosperity. I am, but I'm not. I want you to have a heart. Not a name it and claim it and blab it and grab it and look how much I have. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about just being, you know what? I'm, I've got a good foundation of God. I understand what God is saying. All of what I have is his. If he tells me to give it, I give it. If he tells me to go over here, I go over here. I'll do that and I'll give him the authority to come in and do that. I'm going to teach you some things. We're going to show you how this electricity works. I'm going to show you how to connect the wires. How many would tell you if you could catch fish if Jesus told you where they were? He told you where they were. Listen to me. Jesus called himself the son of man. He, he quit referring himself to the son of God. People called him that. He, he called himself the son of man because when he was on the earth, he was God in the flesh, but he was limited because of his flesh. Amen? Because he's man. He's all God and he's all man. I mean, he's just, he's a man. Okay. Are you with me? 1132. I'm going. Here we go. He goes to Peter. He says, Peter... Can I use your boat? Peter says, sure. So Jesus, he's pretty smart. He knows. He gets in the boat. He pushes the boat out into the water, and he teaches the people. Have you ever been on shore, and somebody been on a boat about 100 yards out? You can hear everything they say, even if they're talking, just in a normal voice. I could hear my sons and stuff when they're in Michigan. They're out there laughing and playing, get that fish off the hook. <laughs> you know, you could hear it. Well, Jesus understands how that works. So he can teach the people. He comes back in. He turns to Peter and he says, now, Peter, want to catch some fish? Peter says this, Lord, we've fished all night. How many knows that Peter is a professional fisherman? Jesus was a carpenter. Now, Peter could have said, Jesus, you build the tables. I fish for fish. Don't tell me how to do what I do. We fished all night. I said before, it'd be like me telling Rob Shrek how to plumb. You, You know, he's a plumber. You don't want me to tell you how to plumb. So anyway, Peter says, we fished all night, we've caught nothing. Have you ever worked so hard you can't run fast enough and you've made absolutely nothing? You seem like you just put your hand to it and it was just crazy. Nothing came out of it and you just were frustrated. Anybody besides me? Jesus said, fish into the deep water. Right out there. If he told you where to fish, Peter says, okay, if you say, I'll do it. And the story goes that that boat got filled. They called James and John, which even could be another member or another message on partnership. They come over, their boat gets filled. Jesus said where the fish were. Peter, because of that, because of that was an uncommon miracle. I mean, it was just fish, but they'd fished all night. Peter knows how to fish. He knows something else has happened. And he says, Lord, don't look at me. I'm a sinful man. Because he knows revelation has just happened. You know, what we need as a, as a people of God, we need information and we need revelation because we've just had perspiration. So we need some inspiration. I've got that right. 
baby monkey, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> so Jesus told him how to fish. Here's why. Why were the fish there? Why were they there and he couldn't catch them before? They were in the deep. Jesus knew where they were. How did that happen? Listen, when, when Jesus said, Peter, can I use your boat? At that moment, Peter's business changed governments. It changed kingdoms. Now listen to what I'm saying, because this will go back to what I said at the beginning of this message. When it changes kingdoms, it changes authority. Now, because Peter has yielded his business to Jesus, Jesus now has legal access and delegation authority to be able to now multiply whatever happens in that business. Are you with me? So when Jesus was allowed to do that, and because Jesus was a man, now he can supernaturally download from God where the fish are and tell Peter, right there, throw right there. We're going to find out, God, show me what you want me to know. And he's going to use the gifts that you have. And this will be a year that you will always remember that turned every tide. I'm going to tell you, we ain't seen nothing yet. I'm not going to let 10 spies go into my promised land and tell me I can't have it. I'm not going to let people come back and be naysayers and all that. If God's guiding me, that's he who's going to provide for me. I'm going to go. He's going to prosper me according to the size of my assignment. We can't go forward by just staying. We have to keep giving and being obedient. Lord, I'll keep doing what you tell me because we need to do what you say. I really want you to know God's not through with you. He's not done. There's more. And as you learn the kingdom principles, as you find out, and people are going to go, I'm telling you, your neighbors and your friends are going to say, how did that happen? Kingdom. You're going to be able to say, God, I just, you know, and I will show you at least what he has shown me. Fair enough? And we'll see that together. I can tell you this, you can't help anybody if you're broke. Kim and I have been on both sides of the coin. I like it on the other side. I don't like being broke. Do you? We, you know, I don't like laying down at night and head hitting the pillow thinking, I don't want any more phone calls. How are we going to pay the rent? How are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay the car? How are we going to do this? How are we going to get food? That is no way to live. God wants you better than that. He wants you to learn how to be a good steward of what he's given you. And then he can give you more and you can be a steward over more. The little pass the money test. Turn to your neighbor and say, God doesn't want you broke. (laughs) In Philippians, verse 15 and 19, you know, we always quote 19. My God shall supply all my need according to riches and glory. But to understand a little better, let's go to 15. Now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church shared with me concerning giving and receiving, but you only. For even in Thessalonica, you send aid once and again for my necessities. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I'm full, having received from... That's Paphroditus. That's right. I'll say that five times fast. No, I won't. Paphroditus, the thing sent from you, a sweet-smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God, and my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory. So God can send people in your life that have resources to help you for what he's called you to do. He can supply by people. He can supply by his own hand. Um, This is what he's going to do. God will provide from your own hand. How about that? So 
people, himself, and how about you? Joshua 5.12. The manna ceased. There's going to be a time when if there are people that are just giving to you continuously, they could, God might move them on to help some other ministry or do something else. What are you going to do? You're going to, now he says you're going to have to put your hand to this. They had ate the food. All they had to do was go out and pick it up. God had fed them three times a day for 40 years. People are going to panic. Ah! I mean, I, I, I've been a Royal Ranger commander years ago, which is like a Christian Boy Scout leader and take kids on a camp out. And there'd be kids that would say, hey, we're going to make P, PB&Js. Everybody knows how to make PB&Js. Not everybody. There'd be a kid, they'd take a piece of bread, put it on his hand, take a knife, and just destroy the bread. Just rip it up. And I'm like, dude, don't quit trying to push through your hand. Just spread the peanut butter. Spread the peanut butter. I can't. Give it to me. (laughs) Got to teach them. So they're going to have to figure that out. God's going to give transition. He can cause people to do it. He can do it supernaturally. He can have you do some things. Has any of it supernaturally? Has he just provided something? Maybe it has been through somebody or or, uh, unexpected money just showed up in the mailbox. But you just have to understand, he can do that. But that's not likely how that's always going to happen. But it can happen that way. I think you've got to put your hand to a lot of things. There's a lot of people that want something, but they just don't want to put their hand to it. <clears throat> I'm going to say a four-letter word. Lazy. Some of us are just lazy. I have done this. I said it in another service, my daughter Maddie. I have been laying on the couch, laying on the couch, laying. The remote has been maybe four feet away. Maddie! She is clear in the other room in her. What? Come here. She comes clear two rooms away. What? Give me the remote. It's right over there. I really don't want to get up. I'm comfortable lazy we're not careful we can get to a point where we're just lazy we're just saying god i don't want to do it i don't want to do it and god says listen just put your hand to it and i can bless it you see sometimes we just don't want to even think I, you mean i got to do some work we managed or not managed we we pastored a church up north and and i remember just putting some ground rules down for the leader and i remember the lady that led praise and worship mal will love this she said do you mean that after praise and worship, i got to stay to listen to you preach? I said, yes. She said, I'm out. And we said, bye-bye. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. There's people, you know, we just say simple rules. Just, just don't be lazy. We had people that we had to go in. Well, he's taught our kids for years. Is he a member of this church? No, I don't know. No. What's he teaching them? I don't know. What's his history? I don't know. Guess what? Today's his last day. Because you got to know that. You can have people that you don't know teaching your kids. You can have people that aren't protected teaching your children. You can't have that. You got to make sure that stuff's taken care of. What I'm telling you is listen, you got to put your hand to it. The Bible says to know the state of your flocks, you got to know what's going on. See, it's getting tight, but it's right. I practiced that in the mirror. Word to the Father. 
My kids would be like, please don't, Dad. Zach's probably in the back saying, help him, Jesus. Help him. Deuteronomy 11, 9 through 12. Prolong your days in the land which the Lord swore to give your fathers to them and their descendants, a land flowing with milk and honey. For land which you go to possess is not like the land of Egypt from which you have come, where you sowed your seed and watered it by foot. It is a vegetable garden. But the land which you cross over to possess is a land, hills and valleys, which drinks water from the rain of heaven, a land for which the Lord your God cares. The eyes of the Lord your God are always on it from the beginning of the year to the very end of the year. I looked that up where it says by foot. Somehow back then they had figured out from wherever they had water to get, I don't, I don't really know if it's bamboo or whatever, but they had a foot pump. And they would pump water from whatever the source it was to their crops or whatever. They'd figured out how to do that. So, you know, what God is saying is, you want to do it by the foot or do you want me to water it? I think I want God to water it. I think that's going to be a little easier. than you ever, you ever pump up one of those air mattresses with one of those? I mean, you feel like you're at a square dance, don't you? And then you get somebody that's got one of those, just a plug-in, and you just want to go, shut up. <laughs> or, I'll give you a dollar, switch it. I'd rather have God do it. If we have an Egypt mentality, this is all we do. We do flare prayers. God, help me. 911, SOS, crisis to crisis. And that's the only time we want God. God, you got to help me. And we are begging from God for stuff he's already provided. Why do we beg when it's already done? Because our mindset doesn't see it. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. According to Mark eleven twenty three and 24, that we believe when we pray, not when it shows up. My mind doesn't have to see it. See, to the world, seeing is believing. To the follower, believing is seeing. If God put it in my heart, I can believe it before I ever see it. I just know that it'll show up. When I go to deer hunt, I don't wonder if I'm going to get a deer. I already know I'm going to get a deer. I just start looking where he's going to come. Is he going to come here? It's not if he's going to come. It's just, which shooting lane am I going to use? And people have told me, oh, I don't believe that. I did. I had somebody close to me that said, you know, I don't believe that. And this is what I said. Now, I don't mean this snotty, so please. But, you know, since they were kind of getting in my business, I thought I would get back. (laughs) Probably wrong. But they said, you know, I don't believe that. I said, I got deer in my freezer. You got deer in your freezer? And they were quiet. You can't argue with fruit. So you got to start saying, well, okay, how did that work? If God is no respecter of persons, if he did it for Peter, he'll do it for you. And when I start thinking that, I'm thinking, then I'm thinking wrong. If he'll tell Peter, hey, that first fish you catch is going to have a gold coin in his mouth. He'll do it for me. Now, I don't mean everybody run over here and start going fishing as soon as we get out. <laughs> I'm going to Wyatt's house. He's got a stock pond. <laughs> I'm just saying, if God will do it for him, he'll do it for you. God doesn't want you to live your life in the ER. I mean, I understand life comes at you hard, and, and you know sometimes we end up in the ER. I get it. But you're not supposed to stay there. Find your purpose. Find your gifts. Put them to work. That's why growth track is so important. That's why we have small groups. How you treat his house listen to me, is how he'll treat your house on a greater scale. He'll provide by the hand of man, by the hand of God, by your own hand, 
And here's our last one. I'll be very quick. He'll provide you by the hand of your enemy. Twelve went to the promised land. Ten came back with this report. Big fruit, milk and honey. They're too big. They've always got an excuse. No, it's just too much, too big. The majority of people go, I don't want to do that. It's going to, it's going to cost me something. Did you know that woman with the issue of blood is going to cost her? I've got to get to him. I've got to get to him. Because my answer's in him. My friends, what we're doing now is not working. Our answer's in him. You've got to get to him. You can discover how the kingdom works. Numbers 14 and 9. I love this part of this. It's talking about our enemies. It says, for they are our bread. You can, you know, your enemy, God, there's people that are against you. You can use that in a good way. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the what? The righteous. There's going to be people that they don't serve God. They don't have any, they don't even want to serve God. God has ways to get things into your hands. You just have to listen to him. Now, I'm not talking about stealing or doing anything illegal, so nobody texts me or I'm talking about just following God and knowing that, God, you're going to direct my path. You're going to guide me. You're going to bless the work of my hands. And when the enemy comes in, and this is the story that my wife was talking about, and then I'm going to close this. He wants what you got. I had people that were, they didn't like me because I was just a happy kid. I'd come to school. I had a Fred Flintstone lunchbox, a metal Fred Flintstone lunchbox with a Dino thermos. And on my way home, Jeff Schwartz, Jeff, if you're here and you're still alive, you should have never did this. <laughs> Him and his buddies came over, grabbed my lunchbox, and he threw it in the air. To this day, I can still see it spinning around. And I was held back, and I couldn't get to my lunchbox. It hit the ground, broke open, broke my thermos, and they laughed and they laughed. Now listen, when the enemy comes against you, let me just say this. This is what I was talking. I was a little, if, you know, if there's a bully and a bunch, what do you do to the bully? Pop him. I'm not telling you to fight, but this is what I did. I popped him. So I got free from his buddies, and I went over, and I, I popped Jeff right in the bonkers, in the nose. Let me clarify. Okay. <laughs> 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 I'm sorry. <laughs> I cracked myself up with that one. <laughs> you know, somebody's going to be texting Sam. Oh, Sam, he did it again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anyway, his buddies took off, and I saw this. This is a true story. I saw this on Big Time Wrestling. I went over to him and put the claw on his shoulder. Hmm. Like that, and he's like, ah, you know, this is kids. We're in fifth grade, okay? Next thing I know, his mom is at our front door, rips this boy's shirt off, and there's my big handprint on his shoulder. And his mom's like, hey, look what your son did to my boy. And my mom grabbed my lunchbox, and she went out the door and said, hey. And she chased her clear off the porch with my Fred Flintstone lunchbox. Brett, what are you saying? I'm saying you're, you're going to have to feed off of what God gives you. The enemy wants you to, he's going to get in your mind. He's going, to, he's going to tell you that you should be afraid of him. He's afraid of you. That's the truth. If you would just feed off that and say, there's something that you have that is very valuable or he wouldn't want it so bad. 
That's the word that's inside you. And he's after that. If you will just listen to me, I'm going to have Kim come to the keyboard. I'm going to have the prayer team come. We just follow God. and We go after him with all of our heart. He can provide through men. He can provide through himself. He can provide through your hand. And he can provide through your enemies. And I'm sure there's many other ways. But I'm telling you, even though you might feel like you're back up against the wall. If God be for you, who can be against you? There's something that there's a there's a position that you need to. It's not over. Because God is right there with you. So that means you are a victor. You're not the one under the gun. If you turn that on the enemy, you can feed off that. He can provide for The enemy will show his hand and you just start showing him God. Quit telling God about your mountains. Start telling your mountains about your God. Okay, would you bow your heads, please?